if you want more energy, more better hair, skin, and nails, less wrinkles, less weight, like all these things are connected to your hormones, yes, but also to the thing that basically filters everything that you want. So like those vitamins and minerals you're taking for your hair or your hormones, they have to go through the gut. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Welcome, Stephen, honey, back to the Essentially You podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, Dr. Marisa. Mm, and we're going to be talking about the connection between gut health and hormones. Because at the end of the day, we know that the gut is responsible for so much of what is going on. And this has been your passion for so many years. And I'd love for you to speak into your passion. I know that you shared your story the last time you were on the show, but I'd still love for people to get to know you again. But then I know that you've been able to support tens of thousands of women over the years. And I'm sure some of the responses has been, oh my gosh, I know that I was just working on my gut, but then my hair got better or I was losing weight or my energy responded or my menstrual cycle was better. Like I'm sure a lot of these types of things you come up in those testimonials and women are just like, I had no idea that this was connected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it might be millions at this point since it's been going since 2009, but we'll start with tens of thousands for the healthy gut version. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what you said is a version of my story, right? Like I had a number one pain point. I think most of us focus in on a number one pain point. For me, it was bloating, but I also had like IBS related issues my entire life. And I was having all kinds of really embarrassing stuff, like canceling dates because I was stuck on the toilet. I would eat a salad and chicken and I would get so bloated that I would have visceral hypersensitivity, which is pain in the in your gut area. And I would basically cry and then fart because when you're that bloated, you can't really do anything except for a fart to relieve the pain. But the unfortunate thing is that I wasn't working from home. I was 16 stories up in a skyscraper in Chicago. And if you've ever worked in a high rise without a car and it takes a long time to get to the outdoors, you don't have a lot of options. And so I was basically chronically crop dusting my office mates, which I do apologize for, but I didn't have a lot of options because I was literally in so much pain. I was crying every day. And my boss called me in and said, look, this has to change. You're the smelly guy. And I had known that I had IES issues. I mean, there's a long history and we went more into it last time, but that was sort of the break point for me that had me seek help as a man. I think men are a little slower on the uptake for seeking help than women, but that was like my moment. And from there, Western doctors basically just told me to take Metamucil, eat whole grains, here's some antibiotics. You don't have celiac. Congratulations. Suck it up. And that didn't work for me because it just left me back in the same spot, which I already knew it doesn't matter what I eat. I get bloated. Then I have alternating constipation, diarrhea. I'm in a lot of pain. This isn't working. And so luckily I had a really good friend in college. He had changed his diet and he encouraged me to change mine. I think most of us who have GI issues or, or chronic health issues, we have like a buddy on our journey that you can kind of call and like talk shop or complain or, or commiserate. And so I was telling him that and he's like, dude, you got to change your diet. And so I went on a pretty restrictive, like completely from scratch food diets called the specific carbohydrate diet. It's kind of phased out at this point, but it's still a great option for someone who's in a really, really bad place with uh, GI issues. And that started taking away the pain right in week one. And then I started adding in stomach support and digestive enzymes and all these like little things. And I would get a little bit more back. And then I just kept asking the, the question like, well, I'm a hedonist. 
by nature. Like I like to do the pleasurable things in life. Why can't I have dairy? How come when I eat dairy, it just like swells my whole face up? How come I still have acne? Why am I still overweight? Why do I have these cravings for sugar and M&Ms? And I throw cookies away and then I get them out of the trash and I eat them again. Like, why are these things happening to me? And so fast forward 10 years and just my natural curiosity to try hundreds of things on myself and try to report back to the world what works and what doesn't work from a scientific as well as sort of a practical way. That's kind of how we're here. That's how Healthy Gut was born because I was sort of annoyed a few years ago when my fiance got cancer, her mom was diagnosed with cancer and my business fell apart. I had all this stress and all these things I thought I had beaten all these gut related issues, all these other things like asthma and things like this just came back. And so I was like, oh no, let me go get my things, my enzymes, my ACL, all these different things. And they didn't work. And I was pissed and I was confused. And so I was like, I got to fix these issues for myself and then for others as well. Cause I knew as a clinician, there's a lot of people out there who are getting the same recommendations and only seeing 30 to 50% improvement. And so here we are today. And that's kind of the mission I'm on. It's just making better solutions for problems that we've been dealing with for decades. And like you said, I think have become normalized. Like actually oh, yeah. in our company, the first thing we do is we send you a box of all of our products. And then if you're open to it, you meet with me and I, t- I tell you about them. And I say like, okay, here, try this, try that. And without a doubt, I would say 70% of all the companies, 80% women, 70% of those women say they don't have an issue. They don't have bloating. They don't have issues. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll just try this and this and this. And then two weeks later, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I was bloated. I can eat pizza again with my kids. My skin's clearing up. My hair is coming back. And so I think people really misunderstand how important our gut function is, like our organs. Like we focus on our testes and our ovaries shrinking up as we age, but we really don't have a question. Wait, can our gut function as we age? Is it capable of doing the job we ask it in today's world? Mm, That's such a great question. Yeah. I mean, if our brain is decreasing in function as we age, if our hormones are decreasing in function as we age, if our metabolism is decreasing in function as we age, our liver too, suffice it to say that the gut is probably going to need a little bit of support over time. As I'm listening to your story, I was thinking about, you know, at first changing your diet And it reminded me of, we just hired a new nanny and I had known she had IBS and actually I'm giving her some of your products. But the first thing we did is there's a cool little restaurant on the street from my house called Nectarine Grove and it's paleo, all the things, dairy-free, gluten-free, grain-free. And so we took her out to breakfast one of the first days because we wanted her to just spend time with us as a family and getting to know her even more and more. But I also wanted her to try some food that potentially wouldn't light her up, you know, as as she was describing And I'm she, a couple of hours afterwards, she was like, I just want to take a moment and say, thank you so much. It's one of the first meals I've ever had where I haven't felt like I needed to race to the bathroom. And I just felt so much for her in that moment of like how often she's not clear on what it is that's, that's causing these disruptions in her and probably hasn't tried any type of, you know, again, doctors, she's got IBS. That's what she has. Luckily you don't have celiac. So move on but no recommendations for what she should be doing. And so I just, it's really powerful to have a great sense of what foods are going to support you and not. And I guess even uh, kind of in that story, curious to see what is the fine line between certain foods that are going to cause issues versus, you know, supplementation. Like, is it a combination deal for a lot of people is, Hey, I'm going to eat this way. 
one, because it's healthy and it, it heals the body. It's nutrient dense. It's good for my hormones, my mitochondria, my gut, my liver, but also I need help. My gut has had issues. It's worn down. It's not assimilating this nutrition the way that it, we used to as a kid. I do need help in your own journey. And even in the, in the journey of the people that you've served, is it usually always both? Do you find? The short answer is yes. I mean, I had a fantasy, you know, I started this in 2010 and I was all about nutrition and I've tried 40 ish diets in my, in my lifetime, because I was really into athletics and, and performance prior to having the gut issues. And I was driving towards, I'm going to get back to maybe eating everything except for gluten. Like I'm going to, I'm going to fix my body and then I'm going to get off every single supplement. And I was driving towards that for years. And I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. I met with all the top functional medicine people that you can probably name off and spent a lot of money on tests only to find that that was a fantasy for me. I don't know that it's a fantasy for everybody, but I would wager 98% of people that's a fantasy. And the reason is unless you are willing to go garden and spend several hours outdoors, unless you are willing to spend an hour a day moving and lifting some heavy things, unless you're going to get away from your Wi-Fi and your phones and you're going to de-stress and get off social media and you're not, you're just not. So our environment is way more impactful on our bodies than I think we acknowledge and we're not giving it up anytime soon. So this idea that we can just eat organic and our problems that we have accumulated, it's accumulated damage. I don't care if you're 20 or 50 or 80, you're accumulating damage your entire lifetime and you're not healing it. And now you're expecting just an organic paleo or carnivore or vegan, I don't care what it is to fix you. I think it's a fantasy. The supplements are extremely helpful in correcting whatever dysfunction has happened. And as you said, if you can recognize that, Hey, I might need hormonal support as I age, if I don't want to like feel a certain way or get droopy or, or lose cognitive function, then you already see it. You're already seeing the matrix that lifespan and health span are different. And if you want the longest health span you can have, and you've dealt with chronic health issues, this idea that it's just diet, I think is, is gotta go. No, I agree with you 100%. So I was really curious. I think, especially when it comes to gut health, that we absolutely need players every single day, pretty much every single meal to help support. I know you and I talked about the last time you were on the show about digestive enzymes. And I want to just spend a little bit of time on that because as we get older, whatever the environment's creating, there are sensitivities that we've developed potentially that our body, that our gut just needs more support in, whether it's dairy or it's gluten or it's grains or it's cruciferous vegetables. I don't, whatever it may be for you. And it doesn't have to be bloating. It doesn't have to be constipation or diarrhea. It could be brain fog. It could be terrible sleep. It could be mood swings. It could be a menstrual cycle that is off. It could be migraines. In this particular instance, it doesn't have to look and quack like a duck to be your gut. You know what I'm saying? Like it can be so many for you. It was very much symptoms of gut issues, right? That was a major struggle for you. And there are probably other things that were going on with you too, Stephen, that you just weren't even aware that you were connected to. Cause you said the most disruptive symptoms for you was the bloating, was the gas, was the discomfort, the nasty pain that you got that we all know, everyone knows what that pain feels like. But there were probably some other things that were going on with you too, that you may not have even identified because it wasn't the most disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that's where gut health is. It's really easy if you identify with it, but it's very confusing if you don't. And part of the reason is that even in alternative medicine, in integrative medicine and 
influencer and stuff, people still want to be reductionist with their thinking. Like they demonize Western medicine, but they don't realize they're doing the exact same logical fallacy. Everything is connected. And you have to look at these connection points as possible breakdowns in whatever outcome you want. If you want more energy, more better hair, skin, and nails, less wrinkles, less weight, like all these things are connected to your hormones. Yes. But also to the thing that basically filters everything that you want. So like those vitamins and minerals you're taking for your hair, or your hormones, they have to go through the gut. And so if the gut is not functioning properly, if it cannot break down that organic wild caught seafood, some part of it is just being wasted. And unfortunately, in the way that the body is built for parasympathetic and sympathetic response in our nervous systems, we don't spend as much time in parasympathetic in the Western world as we really need to for proper digestion. And one of the impacts beyond micronutrient loss and infections and things like that is it's just harder to build enzymes and HCL and the building blocks that actually do the heavy lifting of taking your food, taking like a walnut or a piece of salmon and turning it into usable nutrients. And so digestive enzymes, I believe are an anti-aging tool. Like there's studies on our product, reducing high uric acid, reducing post perennial blood glucose, different things like this. They're all pilot studies, but they show that when you're properly breaking down your foods, that the effects go way beyond just are you bloated? What does your poop look like in the toilet? It, it's much more about like every single day, if you're slowly malabsorbing your B vitamins, of course, you're going to have low B12 and low folate coming up on a, you know, several years later, or you're going to have low amino acids. Yeah. And then as those things happen, your body slows down. And then maybe some GI symptoms set in when you go fifties and sixties and you're menopausal and things get even slower. Estrogen decreases even more. So there, there's these really hard to pin down second and third order consequences of poor digestive enzyme function. And so personally, what I've seen from my body, as well as the body of a lot of other people I've interacted with is that they are more of like a multivitamin insurance policy than a multivitamin is sometimes. Oh, I agree. If, well, I was thinking if about your diet's yeah. great. If your, if your diet's great. Yes. Well, I was thinking about the blood sugar piece. I'm spending so much time on blood sugar here on the show and talking about like, what can we do to like, if the name of the game is maintaining steady blood sugar, how do we do that? And I give all kinds of tips, you know, and I hadn't even thought about digestive enzymes. I had taken your digestive enzymes right before lunch today, but I was, yeah. I mean, if we're not able to break down fats and protein and the carbs just go right through much faster, they break down faster because they start breaking down in your, in your mouth yeah, you're going to spike. Even if you were able to eat those things in order, if you were able to follow all the rules, if you're not able to break down the things that are the hardest to break, you're still going to see carbohydrates hitting the small intestine faster and then hitting the bloodstream faster, lending to a potential blood sugar spike. And just not having that, there's so many more nuances involved here, not just the assimilation of those critical vitamins and nutrients, but the assimilation of even the macronutrients and how, if we can get them to all break down how as they should, we would have more steady blood sugar coming through after a meal. So I, I like the idea of not only thinking about, you know, the longevity, the, the anti-aging properties, but also like for metabolic health and metabolic flexibility. So that I think is so critical. You and I have talked about this at length that probably one of the number one things that each of us should be doing from an early age 
very early age is taking digestive enzymes. And I'm, I'm curious to even wonder like how early, you know, when I look at my son's diet, who's only not even two <laughs> <laughs> and he does pro he's been doing probiotics from the jump and we making sure that he has a full mineral profile. Like so much goes into his nutritional daily routine. I'm curious, like he has, he gets little eczema rashes. If he gets exposed to dairy, he doesn't consume dairy. So occasionally on accident and it happens and it shows up within like, I would say 24 to 48 hours. We'll see this little rash on his arm. And, but you know, I'm, I'm curious. I wonder if what the research is in terms of digestive enzymes, even on younger children. I do believe I've read every paper, every published on enzymes at least once, if not twice. I've definitely read every book more than twice on it. I've never seen an enzyme extract study on children, on children. especially under two or two. The thing that a lot of people wonder about with enzymes is if I take them exogenously, do I shut down my own internal production? And is there a feedback loop? And so far I have yet to uncover one because I have the same question. I don't want to be doing something that's detrimental. I just told, I just told you and everybody else that like I had a desire and I still have a desire to get as healthy as and resilient as possible. So the end of the world comes and there are zombies running around. I don't want to be <laughs> needing a thousand pills just to make it through whatever new diet we have in that world. Yeah. <laughs> so got it. Um, I mean, I know that kids do have inherently are meant to have a lot of these enzymes. We're, we're born with them. We don't really start running out of them until our twenties, but there's a lot of children with really severe gut issues. Well, I'll tell you this story. So a mutual friend of ours has a five-year-old and he was struggling with uh, all kinds of foods, all the typical foods, even, and, and this kid lives in Boulder. So a lot of awareness around food allergies, but even sugar, dairy were causing some neurological issues. And I don't know if skin was part of it as well. And so they tried the elimination diet. They tried all these things and he would have to be on this very like rigid structure, but he would constantly be exposed and they couldn't really figure it out through a lot of your standard things. So we put him on one enzyme per meal, one tributyrin X at night and one holoimmune in the morning. And in about a month, he started to tolerate corn again. And now four months later, he's doing sugary. He's not losing his mind and they haven't even attempted gluten yet, but she's wondering if, you know, he's back on dairy, no issues. And so I'm saying she's a medical professional. So please work with your medical professional when it comes to kids, know what you're doing. I'm not mm -hmm. saying this is a blanket recommendation or what I forgot to say is that she initially didn't want to use the enzymes. And I was pushing that, Hey, there's all these little components in food that if not properly broken down are going to trigger the immune dysfunction that we're trying to support with the tributyrin and the holoimmune. And so let's remove the variable of a misbroken down enzyme. And that was the key to him. And so I don't know if that's for every kid, but I do know that we have a growing following of ASD children who are using the Holozyme product. Again, work with your provider. This doesn't fix anything, doesn't heal anything, but it does just support the natural digestive ways. And so I think for certain kids who maybe are understressed or whatever else, that, that it could be a really, really helpful component. When I'm even thinking like teenagers, maybe I was, you know, I was just thinking about the example of my, of my almost two-year-old with the dairy allergy is that, you know, we see kids with all kinds of allergies, even early in life and dairy is highly processed and we can get into all of that. I mean, you know, something to be said about the dairy here even if I'm really diligent about the type of dairy that we have in our house, like there's something about that.
but I'm just curious. I know that there's people listening. Women are listening. They've got kids and they're wondering to themselves, like, man, my daughter's really struggling. She's 16 years old. Like, is there something that we could be doing different right now? And, oh, and she sure. won't change her diet. She won't stop drinking la la la, you know, whatever the thing <laughs> is, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there something else that can help her, even though I can't get her to just move to dairy-free, gluten-free, cut all the nasty sugar out? Like I need something else. Yes. Especially after 12, the, the optionality increases significantly after 12, like holozymes. I mean, sure. Still check with your provider, but in general are usually a hit and can be very helpful. In fact, there's a few people in my life who are, who are not teenagers anymore, but they were. And when they take, when they take them, they see relief. Now this, the problem is, can you get the kid to adhere to taking them? Taking them um, every day with every meal, especially if right. it's pizza or whatever it is, nachos. Good to know. Okay. You I, know, I think I, it works best in households. So like for, yes. in, for this, this is, so just keep when, your kids home with you for as long as possible. No, no, no. You have to model it. You have to make it okay. Oh. Because I think a lot of kids are self, well, some of it's responsibility, but, but others is like, oh, I'm weird compared to my friends. But the yeah. first, the number one thing that that I did was give all the friends product as well. And the friends were like, oh, this helps me too. And then the other thing is like seeing the parents use the products as well. Like mm. this is what we do in our household. Yeah. We're like, we think of ourselves as athletes and performers and athletes and performers need supplements because that's what our family's up to. Yeah, no, I feel that. No, yeah, my my son knows how to do push-ups and squats. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> He's like, it's what we do in this house. Mom's got five minutes. She's doing some push-ups. I'm going to do so. I'm going to learn how to do these push-ups. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, modeling is so, so key. Like we got to walk it if we're going to be talking about it. So I know I could beat a dead horse over digestive enzymes all day long. And I know that it can make such a big impact. It's one small thing that we can do that, you know, easily to seamlessly. I mean, I'm, I told you, I'm the person who's always offering the digestive enzymes at every friend dinner, every time we're out with people, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, digestive enzymes. And it's one of those things that I've never, and I don't know if you can speak into this too, but I've never seen anyone have a side effect from taking digestive enzymes. Like not that I, at least no one I've known. There's one group of people who will, and that's somebody potentially with an active ulcer. So Mm -hmm. someone who's has no gastric mucosa left, there's no mucosal membrane, the enzymes can aggravate it. And there's a number of ways you can do with that. Some providers will tell you to actually go down to like one eighth of a capsule and push through the pain slowly over a number of, of weeks. And some providers will say, you're not ready for it. Don't take it. I've seen it work both ways to reintroduce it. But yeah, there's like almost zero reactions to them. And if you do have a reaction, normally you can just lower the dose by a quarter and slowly ramp up over a week or two. And you'll see benefit at the end of that. Oh, good to know. Yeah. I, I guess I, I don't have anyone in my life who's got an active ulcer. At least I, I didn't know about and if anything, everyone always feels super great after taking them. And then for me, you know, you know, speaking as a person anecdotally with an autoimmune condition like Hajimoto's thyroiditis, I find that there are so many other ancillary benefits, side benefits to taking digestive enzymes. And I know that there's been research that kind of shows that as well. So just something to think about. If you've got an autoimmune condition, worthwhile to bring them in for, for other benefits as well. And just know that like, at least if you do business with us at Healthy Gut, we'll give you 60 days and we have health coaches on support to help you find your dosage. Cause some people need more than two pills per meal. Some people need less. So finding your ideal dosage for enzymes or any supplements, very helpful. And then if they don't work for you, like we'll give you your money back. Like I don't, I don't need to keep your, your money if it's not going to support your healing journey. And so 
I would just say test, like test and seek support. And you might be surprised that I think of them like a light switch for some folks. Like you said earlier, like some, some people don't have like clarity or, or mental clarity. Like if you get amino acids or you get B vitamins, it could be like a light switch. You're like, Whoa, I feel so yeah. much better. Absolutely. And do you recommend, I take two, I've just been mm -hmm. taking two at every meal. And you recommend having people start with one or try to see how they do roll back to one. I know often if we're getting customer service concerns around something, like let's say my adrenal support blend is just getting people a little more hyped up than they would anticipate. I scale them down to one same kind of situation here. If they start to feel something like for me, I always just feel better. So it's, I'm just such an anecdotal. I'm like, <laughs> I just feel great on two. <laughs> the study dosage is two with each meal and two before bed. So systemic as well as digestive. However, you are like in a, in a pretty like healthy state. You're not like fighting to get your health back. Like you're rocking it. Right. If you're not in that state already, um, yes, other people take four or six per meal to finally have that bloating breakthrough or that sensitivity breakthrough. So it is individualized, but it's kind of more based on where your current health status, like how, like if you're in a intense, like you're, you're switching houses, you're switching jobs, like stress is just piling on and you're dealing with like Hashimoto's and it's live and active you may need more. And when we find a lot of people and you'd be surprised, it's sometimes it's the smallest women who need six and the biggest men who need one. And sometimes it's reverse. So it's very individualized to your particular digestive track. I want to talk a little bit about taking the two at night real fast before we move over to low stomach acid very quickly, because I know I spoken to the systemic systemic enzymes and supporting them in that way. And whatever people are taking, maybe it's a little sleep supplement, maybe some magnesium before bed but then taking the digestive enzymes, the holozymes as well before bed. What are some of the benefits that we see? I always think of a little Pac-Man just going in and cleaning everything up and <laughs> handling business while we're going to bed, while we're sleeping, but also helping to support because enzymes, if, if you all didn't know, they run everything. You don't function. You don't have a conversation. You don't wake up without enzymes doing, literally activating every single reaction inside of the body. So if you were wondering like, how does my body even work? It's called enzymes. It's literally <laughs> enzymes. <laughs> it's how we even make energy. We have to have enzymes to make energy to do, to have this conversation right now. I know that's a very simplistic way of saying it, but it's just, it's the truth. I mean, it's true. You could have all the oxygen, all the water in the world, all the electrolytes, but if, if it takes three years to run the chain reaction, you'll just die. Yeah. So, so you I need mean, enzymes to do that and you need amino acids <laughs> to do that. <laughs> okay. So talk true. to me about the systemic benefit of taking them at night, a really sexy reset in the evening while you're sleeping. I mean, you just said it. It's a really sexy reset in, in the evening. I mean, so basically what happens is medically speaking, any enzymes that you're not using or not taking with food are called systemic. And so there's a lot of enzymes that fall into that bucket. Proteolaic or protease are typically regarded as the most active during that time period. And basically when you take those enzymes up, as you said, the belief is that they go through and sort of clean up the debris that's around your body. They help clean up the debris that could be sticky. So one of the biggest research thing is helping to improve blood flow using proteolytic systemic enzymes. And the reason why is it breaks up fibrin deposits. Fibrin is kind of like part of the clotting factors and part of the clotting process. And so if you have too much of that, then your blood gets sticky and slow and things like this. And so part of what the protease are doing is they're sort of eating that up. And so there's a lot of things around reduced soreness from exercise, reduced inflammation, a lot of things around improved blood flow. 
there's some around improved immune function due to eating up circulating immune complexes in certain autoimmune conditions. And so they are, like you said, little Pac-Man in a way, they're kind of going around finding where are things a little off. And in some people that might be a knee, some people that might be their blood, and they're just kind of going in and gobbling things up. And so I see you have a blood glucometer on, right? I do. I have a CGM and I have a whoop strap. I'm big in measuring what is going down with me every single day. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. I have a, I have an aura ring on. I don't have a, a CGM on it at the moment, but we have a certain subset of customers who are, you know, super trackers like yourself and like me who are trying to navigate like blood sugar and things like that. And what we find is that there's a certain group of people who have high fasting blood glucose in the morning, even though they're doing like a lot of things right, right? They're exercising. They're on a really good diet. They might even be on berberine or metformin. And they're still just can't get their fasting blood glucose down. And we find that if at least some of them, if they take the systemic dosage two or in some cases four before bed, they will see a drop on their CGMs the coming morning. And so it's, it's pretty cool. It doesn't happen for everybody, but you can see that kind of real time. Just like if you uh, have a CGM and you take Holozyme for one meal, and then you eat the same meal, it has to be the same portions for the next meal and you don't take it and just see what the curve looks like. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anyways, I think systemic enzymes are highly underrated for aging basically and feeling great. I love that. I have, I'm not going to lie. I got great fasting blood sugar, but it has a lot to do. I mean, besides I eat early, we walk after dinner, super mindful of what I put into my body, but I take four of your enzymes, one at dinner and then before going to bed. And so it probably has a major contribution. I've just been doing that. So I don't know the difference between <laughs> whether I did it or don't. I definitely could challenge that and test it. But yeah, I mean, we talk so much about blood sugar on this show because it's, I mean, almost 150 million of us are struggling with insulin resistance and almost hundred million of us have type prediabetes. It's a major problem and it has a lot to do with our gut health as well. And so I'm glad we're connecting the pieces here and just having one more tool in our toolbox that we can use that not only has all these other benefits, but also could help us maintain that good blood sugar, which is so important. I want to quickly, quickly, I'm going to have the link by the way, in okay. the show notes for Holozyme. I know we probably have a sexy discount too. I don't know all do. the details, but I bet you do. And then I want to talk a little bit about a low stomach acid because there's so much misunderstanding around this, obviously. So this could be a 60 minute show, but in, I know. in six minutes or less, if you believe that like wherever the herd is going is oftentimes the wrong way, like it's leading us towards more obesity, more insulin resistance, the same is true around stomach acid. The herd is saying, and the, the marketplace is saying for the last 30 years, it's high acid that's the problem. And I understand that the feeling can often be for like acid reflux or whatever, IBS can feel like high acid. But I'm telling you right now, there's decades of research showing that for 70 to 80% of those folks, it's actually low acid. And that acid declines under stress, under micronutrient deficiencies, and as we age. It's just like all the rest of the organs we mentioned earlier. And the crazy thing is, is that there's really, I don't know why suddenly researchers are into stomach acid, but finally they are starting to pump out some research on it. And a new study a couple of years ago, like two years ago, just came out showing that if you have a resting stomach acid of four or above versus two or below, so you want your, your acid levels to be strong, which actually means less on the pH scale. It's very confusing. It took me like eight years to really wrap my head around the pH scale, but you want it lower in this instance if it's at a four or above, you're getting 
2,000 times, not 2,000%, 2,000 times more LPS into your stomach at a resting state all day long because there are bacteria in your mouth. There's bacteria everywhere on you, but there's bacteria in your mouth that you're swallowing. The stomach acid is not killing them and detoxifying their cell walls, which are turned into these things called lipopolysaccharides. And they are highly inflammatory, like basically neutralize them in the stomach. And when the, the resting acid levels are too high, you're dumping like 2000 X inflammatory markers into your, your small intestine every single day. And so there's really cool new research around lowering stomach acid to improve food sensitivities, improve amino acid absorption, as well as this sort of LPS inflammation vector. And talk a little bit about the product that you have that's helping to address this. So our product HCL Guard, we have betaine, HCL and pepsin in it, which is like really standard across the market. A lot of people have that. It's if you're not going to use our brand, just use anybody's brand, do the HCL challenge test if you can. I was really always annoyed by is that if you open any medical textbook, you will find that the acid inside your stomach is a mixture of a lot of things. And one of those things is intrinsic factor. It's one of the main parts of your stomach acid. So if you're taking a product that helps replace and retrain your stomach about how much acid to make, it only makes sense to me that you would also include the components of that mixture. And so intrinsic factor is added in there. I believe we're still the only company in the world to do that. And then the other thing that I've just noticed over the last like 12 years of working with people who have digestive issues, who are very chronically ill, is that many of them struggle with prokinetic waves. So these are the, the waves that move the food through our body. They start in the, the bottom of the stomach and they sort of propagate through your intestines to the toilet. And if you look into things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or fungal overgrowth, all these sort of like nasty infections that can happen in the small intestine, a lot of them start with low stomach acid and then have prokinetic slash wave issues. And so we added in some herbs that have been studied in humans to help improve the strength of those waves. Perfect. So basically, not only have you taken in kind of the basics of what we know that's going to kind of bring that stomach acid back down to a pH that is where we want it, but also giving the stomach what it needs to actually get retrain it to ensure that it's doing this on its own. Although probably recommended that people stay on this if they're seeing that they're having, they have higher stomach acid than, than necessary and they've got the symptoms of that probably best to stay on something like this. Like, is this something you can take daily or do you recommend you're on it for 90 days to heal up? Like I know the digestive enzymes, it's a daily occurrence, like done. With HTL guard, most people are on it like six to 18 months. Okay. So there is a point typically for, I would say like 80 to 90% of folks where they get whatever's causing the low acid in the beginning, whether it's low selenium or B12 or magnesium or calcium, like they're, they have a like a low micronutrient thing or they're in some sort of chronic stress period that passes or whatever happens. Maybe they find out they have H. pylori, they treat that. But there's typically a point where you can sort of retrain the stomach to go without it. Once you pass 60, like you might be on it the rest of your life because things fall off a cliff, especially around 70 when it comes to stomach acid. If you're someone like me who's had digestive issues since birth and struggled my entire life, I will likely be on one or two pills per meal, maybe the rest of my life. I've come on and off of it several times already, but my life only appears to be getting more stressful, which <laughs> puts me back in this cycle where I need support. Okay. Thanks. I just wanted to get a good sense of things. I know people have been battling this for years and years and years without really a great solution. And I just wanted to get real about what that looked like, what that healing journey looked like. All right, Steve, honey, we're going to have the links up for both. I am a big fan of both 100%. 
and I'll make sure to have the code and all the things you want to share the details of that. So I'll make sure to have it all inside of the show notes and within our blog everywhere. Yeah. So we got a special community discount, $15 off any size order. I don't care how small or how big plus free shipping. We do free shipping over 125, but if you're happen to be below that, cause you just want to sample it, we got you covered on that. That's for us only, but we do ship internationally. And then we do come with our set, our 60 day money back guarantee, as well as the health coaching and free Facebook for customers, which I'm actually in. And I will be there as well as my health coaches to support your dosage because even with your products, I don't know if you see this, but this is my belief. 50% is product choice and 50% is individualized dosing. So I, I noticed that you have like an amazing magnesium glycinate on your site. If people have never tried like four of those pills, but they've just been taking two and they struggle with sleep issues or restlessness, fast brain, whatever, like glycine is amazing. And you couple that with magnesium, like try four. You might be like just looking at this product going, what is it? Only to try four and be like, oh, that's what it's for. So make sure you try, like pick great products and then work on the dose. I love it. Thank you so much, Steve, for coming on the show again. And I know we were going to talk more about hormones and gut health, but I just love the deep dive that we had because I know we had so many questions about the holozyme and women wanted to know more about digestive enzymes in general. So I'm glad that we were able to like go and deep dive on that so that people got a little bit more understanding of, of why this is such a critical piece. And then I know so many of us are struggling with low stomach acid. It has a profound impact in our digestive system, energy levels across the board, and then just the discomfort of the symptoms. So it's something that I think all women need to be looking at as well. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Let's do it again. Yes, I love that. So I hope after listening to my conversation with Stephen today, you are at least intrigued about the benefits of digestive enzyme and some of the other things that we talked about today in terms of fundamentals for your gut health. And again, not just for digestive purposes, but for entire systemic purposes, right? If we can address what's going on in the gut, we can really have system-wide change about the health and vitality of our body. Now, I have really found the research on the benefits of digestive enzymes for people to be incredible, especially with people with autoimmune conditions. One of the reasons why I love taking digestive enzymes myself is because I have an autoimmunity that I like keeping in remission. Now, if you've never tried them and you're looking for ways to address food sensitivities or symptoms of food sensitivities like gas and bloating, discomfort, I highly recommend bringing them on, trying them out so that you are properly digesting that food and that you are reducing that those symptoms of those sensitivities. So I have right now a link, just like Steve and I were talking about, to go and check out his Holozyme and his HCL Guard. He's got a couple other incredible digestive aid products as well. And I'm going to have the coupon code to that link. It's going to be Dr. Marisa for 15% off in the store. And you can simply have to go to healthygut.com slash Dr. Marisa. Everything will be in the show notes. So it'll be super easy to use. And again, especially during this holiday season, I feel like our gut and liver can use so much support because we're trying foods and we're eating foods that we may not normally eat during the rest of the year. And it just puts like an extra toll on our digestive system. So the more that we can support our digestive system, especially during meals where we know we're eating extra dairy or we're eating extra fat or we're just eating extra, extra, I know we would be doing our guts a massive favor by supporting them before and after. 
As always, thank you so much for listening in on the Essentially You podcast. This show is about providing tools to rock your hormones and always to feel amazing. If you are loving it today, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a quick review. That way more women can find the show and really get educated on how to become CEOs of their health. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.